This week's Torah portion has one of the greatest tragedies in Jewish history. Jewish people are at the banks of Canaan, Israel, and they're ready to go in. And God's like, it's yours. Like, let's let's end this. And the Jews are like, that's awesome. Like, I can't, I mean, the plagues are awesome. Like, I don't know what you have in store for these guys, but you've got a great track record. So we'll hang out here, and you got, you'll send in frogs, blood, whatever you got. It'll be great. And God's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> that's how it's going to be. Here's how it's going to work. You're going to go actually fight, and I got your back. And Jews are like, I don't think that's a good idea. So they send in spies. The spies come out and say, by the way, guys, yeah, we're going to die. Like, this is not a joke. There are fortified cities and giants and lions and tigers and bears and swords and catapults. And we're dead. This ain't going to go. Jews cry. That night's called Tisha B'Av. Night full of tragedies for generations. But for that moment, that generation who left Egypt, that walked through the sea, that got the Torah, that saw God face to face, that generation... They're supposed to walk in and live happily ever after was decreed that they would never go in. At that moment, they lost it. And they hung out in the desert for 38 more years until their children grew up and they conquered it. And the question is, like, why? Is that fair? Like, they were scared. I don't know. Kid falls off a bike. It's scary to drive ride a bike. The dad doesn't say, you what? You fell off a bike? And you're crying? Like, that's it. You're never watching... That's it. You're never riding a bike again. Like, it's been fun. You shouldn't have cried. Now that you cried, you're done with bikes. Usually dad picks the kid up and says, you can do it. Don't worry about it. I know it's hard. You, I believe in you. Believe in yourself, right? That stuff. God should have been like, I know it's hard. It's okay. I got it. You never fought a war before. You guys are pretty, pretty new to this stuff. Like, three years ago, you were slaves. I got it. We got this. He should have, like, encouraged them, no? Like, given a motivational speech. What's the whole, like, you cry, you're out stuff? So, remember, there's no punishments in, in Godland. There's consequences. And when people sin, and we read about it again and again, it's something deeper than just they messed up. It's a manifestation of an issue that they had that came to the forefront that mean you still have today. Because if it makes it to the book, it still applies. What's going on? Let's delve in quickly together. Later on, the next book, Deuteronomy, Devarim, Moshe, Moses is talking to the Jewish people, but not the same Jewish people. Remember, because Deuteronomy takes place in the last year. These are the kids. This takes place in the second year. The story. Deuteronomy's in the 40th year. So he's now reviewing what took place 37 and a half years ago. And he's telling the story of the spies. And he says, you went to your, your, your tents, you grumbled in tents, and you said... Because God hated us, he took us out of Mizraim and brought us to this land to kill us. What Moses told the next generation was, you know what took place that night? It wasn't just, I'm scared. It was, God is trying to kill us. The Jews walked into Canaan, the, the spies. And what they had in their minds was this, I'm not, I wasn't there, but this what seems like this incredible perception that somehow this was a setup from at least what we're seeing in the Pesukim. Somehow this is God's way of finishing them off. Somehow this is a bad thing that God gave them a challenge and the challenge is a proof that God doesn't love them or is trying to kill them. Look in Devarim. Look in, De- in De- Deuteronomy as Moshe goes through this story. Sin is Hashem, they say. 
because God hated us. He brought us to this land to kill us. And Moses was saying to them, you want to know what happened that night? It wasn't a kid that fell off his bike and was scared. It was people that had a perception of God that was wrong. And that perception they had, they used to look at things and whatever they saw was negative. They saw big cities as opposed to seeing that big cities have weak people inside them because strong people don't need cities. They don't need locks on their doors. The toughest guys don't have 40 alarm systems. They saw huge fruits and as opposed to saying this is a great opportunity to be able to get so much, as opposed to seeing all the good that was there, they saw the negative, not because it was negative, but because their perception was negative. And a, a people that had the wrong perception would have always found the problem. They weren't worthy of going in. The facts were just facts. It was the perception that tainted them in the wrong way. The sin of the spies is really the sin of perception. I think I know something, and so I'm going to project that on what's in front of me. And one of the greatest misperceptions we have is that God's out to get us. There are Jews that hang on to this their whole lives. If I hit a challenge, if I don't do something right, he's disappointed. He's punishing. <coughs> They're missing it. They look out in the world for proof that there's no God, or that God's mad, or that only these people get his favor and these people don't, or that he's disappointed in me. And it draws them away from God, not because of the facts, because of the same exact misperception that drew people away from God on that very fateful night. And that is destruction. That is the essence of the greatest tragedy. That is the essence of what took them away from the, from the promised land. It wasn't that they couldn't go in. It was because their perception blocked them. The concept, Rabbi Probably always says, the concept of gamzu litova is for the good. It's not just a cute thing to do. It actually changes your perception. And trying to train yourself to say that if God brought me to it, it's for my benefit because it binds you to God more, from what I understand. It changes how you see the world. So much of our life is filled with blessing. We just can't see it because we won't let ourselves. So much of our life is the divine trying to connect us, but we won't let him because we can't see it. So much of our life is opportunity. We won't see it because we don't let ourselves, if we don't forgive our own selves. We say this this verse twice a day in Shema. We say Velosasuru Don't follow after your heart and your eyes. And the commentators say really it should be eyes and then heart. Right? You see the donut and you want the donut. Eyes then heart. But it's teaching us, no no no, it's your heart and your perceptions that are gonna change what your eyes see. Isn't something cool? That paragraph of Shema is actually at the back end of this Parsha. The Parsha begins with the spies and it ends with that paragraph. I think that's what God's way of saying to us. Every day, remember this. Don't let your perceptions dictate your reality. Don't look at the world with a negative lens because you're going to look at facts that are otherwise positive and see negativity in it. Don't let your misperceptions about me, God's saying, get in the way of our relationship. So much of our lives and so much of our opportunities are right in front of us. You can remember the sin of the spies. Remember what they saw and how it ruined their opportunities. And resolve 
that that never happens to us. That we see the world from the right lens. And as a result, we'll see things that are right before our eyes.